0: Welcome to episode number 59 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is a podcast where we're creating a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney, and in today's episode, we're giving an overview of the 14 pillars of process safety management, or PSM. So this topic might be a bit controversial, uh, and I'm certainly not an expert in it. So I just want to start by, you know, giving a disclaimer there, uh, my background, although I did do chemical engineering is actually mechanical engineering. Um, so I'm not that well-versed in process safety management, but it's a topic that keeps coming up time and time again. As I look into it more, I realize that there's actually a lot there, and this is you know a deeper topic that is, I think, of, of critical importance, and we'll see it come up more and more frequently over the next six months, even the next year as we come down the, the pipe with the dust hazard analysis requirements I'm moving to the years ahead. So I just want to give just a starting point of what is an overview. Why is this an important discussion to have? You know, what is the hesitancy in industries handling combustible dust to just outright sort of adopt process safety management, not necessarily as a standard, to, you know, list of check boxes to tick? but as sort of a concept to follow in a theoretical framework even, or a systematic framework to evaluate the hazards and risks that we're dealing with and to manage them over time. So again, this may be a bit controversial. This is my opinion. It's not anything more than that, and I'm not really an expert, but it keeps coming up. Even at the, the recent Canadian Chemical Engineering Conference, I, I did a presentation on combustible dust at, there's a lot of questions around process safety management. and In Canada, we just came out with the CSA Z767 standard in 2017 on process safety management and there's always this question why why aren't we just doing that in industries handling combustible dust then there's always the reverse question you know that's an oil and gas thing that's a chemical industry thing we don't want any part of it and, and that in there will lie into some of these things that will right there might you know indicate some of the things that we'll talk about in this episode but i just want to put it out there and get that discussion going and i'm sure this will be something we'll be diving into more in the podcast as we move into 2020 and beyond so again, we're gonna talk about why this is an important discussion, to have, you know, what is this hesitancy? Even when I just said that, this dichotomy between should we be doing PSM? Are we doing PSM? And, you know, we're not oil and gas or we're not the chemical department or chemical industry. So, you know, why should we follow this right? These are all important voices and important things to have happened. So this really is just, you know, some thoughts on this whole topic of again the 14 pillars of process safety management. We'll talk about why even 14 has something to do with, with uh, some of the issues here. So let's just jump right in. So why do I think this is an important discussion to have? So, you know, most people in process safety, most of the really good consultants that we'll be dealing with, people that are doing dust hazard analysis, people that are really have been in the industry for a long time, they know PSN, they know process safety management, and they actually apply it when they go to do a hazard identification or hazard analysis and, you know, a safety analysis at, at facilities that they're working in. So the best people out there are doing this already, but there's this other kind of world that seems to be with, with process safety management. So I already mentioned this before, but it seems like you know this is very this is what oil and gas does, or this is what the chemical industry do. And it's very complicated and very expensive, and we don't really want any part of it. We being combustible dust handling industries. Um, in particular, the NFPA guidance um, specifically include excludes the OSHA PSM standard in the consensus standards for combustible dust. And this is for a very tactical reason. I think, and again, this is my thought, not necessarily the specific stance of any one organization, but from my understanding, that is so that we don't trigger the requirements for the OSHA psm standard to be followed by anyone that may be falling under NFPA 652 or any of the um, guidance there. So if you have a potentially combustible dust, we don't want to automatically trigger the rigors, and I'll use rigorous and air quotes because it's, almost perpetuating what I'm talking about here, but this we don't want to trigger their standards. So That's a very tactical reason why it's excluded, but I want to go beyond that. As a theory, as a framework to look at safety in a facility, safety in industry, we're also neglecting that almost a bit. We're saying we're not oil and gas, we're not chemical industries, PSM doesn't apply to us. Again, the the people that know, the people that are experts and that are very good, know and apply these guidelines anyway. I was worried about you know folks that maybe aren't as aware of the other systems, myself included. I don't have a background in PSM. I have a background in the fundamental science of combustion and explosion dynamics. So that's the, the, the that I take to get into this. So again, why it's important discussion to have? Because most people really have this thought process in their industries that PSM is only for oil and gas, only for chemical processing. And this, this causes us to almost neglect process safety management as a framework in our thinking. The interesting part of this is if you read any of the chemical safety board reports or any incident updates that, you know, has lessons learned, the lessons learned almost always contain or fit under one of the 14 pillars from the process safety management system from OSHA. So it's always either management of change or housekeeping or leadership requirements and there all the things we're we'll talking about in these 14 pillars keep coming up time and time again in the instant reporting. So it's almost like we've scrapped PSM as a beginning concept and said, no, we're not doing that. We're doing maybe PSM light or something very, uh, that's very different than that. And we're creeping our way towards process safety management as a, as a concept in our framework. And we're letting that more percolate and as incidents happen, as it shows that, oh, it falls under this element, it falls under this other element of the 14 pillars. And the problem and the thing that is bothering me about and why I'm doing this episode about the 14 pillars in general is Because it's been around for a long time and it's time-tested. That history's already been there about how to apply this framework in a given set of industries. It may be more expedient for us as a community to um, adopt it as a way of thinking and, you know, kickstart that whole 50-year process of figuring out. Because there's a lot of tools and techniques and tips and strategies that can be relied on. Um, and pulled in from oil and gas or pulled in from chemical and used to slot into this framework instead of building from the ground up and then adding a, you know, a new element every time we have, a, have an incident. So again, just my opinion, just some thoughts on it, but that's why I think this is an important discussion to have. This podcast episode is not meant to be the discussion. It's just meant to be some ideas that I have around it and then going through the elements. I really want to gather your ideas. as a As a listener to this, what are you thinking about process safety management? Do you know much about it? Reach out and let me know Um, in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 59. You can leave a question there. And I think that naturally this will be a discussion that comes up over the next, you know, couple of years and decade as we try to improve combustible dust safety. So before we jump into the 14 pillars and just talk through them, I want to talk a bit about why is there a hesitancy then to adopt? We already talked about the tactical reason why it's excluded from certain consensus standards to avoid triggering, you know, very specific OSHA frameworks. But, you know, why is there hesitancy to adopt this as a, a more theoretical framework, as something to apply overall? And I think there's a couple of issues. One is that there's 14 pillars. When you even see an image of this thing, and I've seen lots of presentations, you have this, you know, this Roman cathedral with 14 pillars and they're turned sideways and you're trying to read all the all the different elements. And it's it's just, it's overbearing by its nature, having 14 items that you think you have to be regulated and required to do, just having 14 even if they are the 14 that are the best and that we see them through the CSB reports every time, it's a lot of items to just address. And I think there's right off the bat, if you show 14 elements, people are going to be automatically going, oh, well, we can't do that. There's no way it's going to be too expensive. It's going to take too much time. So just having 14 elements in its own right, I think is one of the struggles we have. I know when I first looked at it in textbook, I said, oh, I'll come back and read that later because that's too many things for me to try to think about right now. That may be at the crux of why there's a hesitancy for adopting you know, what's been traditionally process safety management in more of combustible dust world. Beyond that, you know, I already mentioned this, but the the chemical safety board, whenever they come out with a new large loss report on another tragedy, the recommendations generally fall under these 14 elements. So it's important to note that there are other versions of the PSM requirements. As mentioned, that uh, Canada actually came out with CSA Z767 in 2017. And they subdivide PSM into four, four elements, which I think is maybe a smart move there. And we'll see how that gets moving through adoption, how that's actually implemented moving forward. But the four elements are process safety, leadership, understanding, hazard, and risk, risk management, review and improvement. And then they kind of weave the other 14 elements throughout those four. So just right off the bat, it's, it's easier to go to a facility and say, hey, these are the four elements that we need to look at to make this facility safe, rather than saying these are the 14 elements. So I think that may be some of the hesitancy to adopt. There's definitely other guidelines from other groups like the Center for Chemical Process Safety, CCPS, and others that are out there as well. So in this particular episode, we'll be going through the 14 pillars as per the OSHA standard 1910.119. And these are items c to p in the standard. so 14 items. It's actually a pretty quick read this section. So I'd recommend you go check that out and we'll include a link of where you can access that in the show notes at uh, dustsafetyscience.com slash 59. So the first pillar then that's identified in OSHA 1910.119 is employee involvement. And this, you know, it's a small section, only has uh, maybe three or four sub points underneath. It's not very long, but the overall takeaway is that employers shall engage employee engagement in process safety and allow it. So they, you know, they have to allow the employees to be involved, but they also must force employees to be involved. That doesn't sound right, but they must allow or give options for the employees to be involved. This is saying that employees need to be involved in process safety. You're in a processing operation, and it's handling combustible dust or flammable liquids or any other types of process safety technical hazards. Then the employees should be involved. I mean, this is a you know, it just makes sense, doesn't I think, from the outset um, that this would be a you know a good starting point. The second pillar is process safety information. Um, So this is information around identifying hazards, characterizing materials, and evaluating consequences of those potential hazards. And, you know, this is part of the DHA, the dust hazard analysis framework that we developed through NFPA and that we're now partaking as a, a larger community. Process safety information and needing that is part of that whole process. The third pillar is process hazard analysis. So in the, the OSHA standard, it says hazard evaluation can include, um, this isn't verbatim, by the way, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but hazard evaluation can include what if, checklist, HAZOP, failure mode and effects analysis. Vault tree analysis, um, et cetera. These are the same. They may not have been the things that we're talking about specifically with dust hazard analysis at the start, but now we have several guests on talking about this topic. These are the same tools that we're using in dust hazard analysis. We just don't call it a process hazard analysis. And again, I think it's to avoid triggering some of the PSM standard requirements, but as a framework, that's already there. And again, the, the good consultants, the good experts are using PSM concepts already. But I'm worried about the person who just comes in, you know, that uh, maybe doesn't have that background. And because we, as a, as a theory, are excluding a bit, that they may not think about this as, you know, this, this broader scale and look into things like the, the CCPS textbook on this and, and other guidance. So uh, those are the first three pillars, employee involvement, process in safety information, process hazard analysis. Uh, the fourth pillar is operating procedures. So this is written operating procedures, including startup and shutdown. So see time and time again in the Chemo Safety Board reports and other incident reporting that during an emergency shutdown, when you go to start the equipment, that's when you have a fire or a flash fire explosion. Um, so it just, you know, just goes to show this process safety element or PSM element is one of the critical ones that's happening and actually causing loss and injuries handling combustible dust. The fifth element is training. Training, and I'll go to the sixth element actually, contractors. So operating procedures, training, and contractors. So the employer responsibility for contractors, the employer responsibility for training, for health hazards, training, documentation. These three grouped together are the things that continuously come back from Chemical Safety Board reports as being needed more of in industries handling combustible dust. I think I've lost count now, but I think the seventh element is the pre-startup safety review. This is an interesting one, and I hadn't heard of this concept until Jeff Mycroft brought it up back in episode 47 of the podcast but he mentioned that in Ontario they're now doing a lot more of these pre-startup safety reviews and they're actually catching at that stage a lot more of the combustible dust non-compliance and you know equipment that aren't operating safely handling combustible dust. So in my world I'm just realizing that this is a good thing but if you look at the PSM regulations and guidance um, it was it's already there in that guidance It's something that maybe we missed or don't do as much of because we're not using PSM as our source starting point as a framework. We're sort of building from the hazard analysis and adding elements as we go. It turns out that you know pre-startup safety reviews are a good thing and being implemented in different Canadian provinces and having results as per those interviews that we're having. So I'm going to group element eight, nine, and ten together. So these are mechanical integrity, hot work permits, and management of change. And these are all things, again, that come up time and time again. and Milling, uh, they talk about... The chemical safety board in their report uh, talked about mechanical integrity in terms of inspecting equipment, making sure that uh, lubrication is being applied correctly. The operating manuals are being followed for things like bearing replacement, that sort of stuff. Um, hot work permit, you know, it's one of the biggest sources of explosions is people working, doing hot work and causing the explosion to happen. So having a proper permit system for hot work put in place is definitely a critical element and something that you know is a, a must-have in industry handling combustible dust, regardless of if you're following the the PSM framework or not. Just because we've learned that it's the you know a leading contributor to these type of incidents. And the management of change. We go all the way back to Imperial Sugar Refinery explosion, where they changed out their conveyor system and they built a housing around it. That was one of the contributing factors leading to the escalation of that explosion from happening in one location, um, probably getting throat to the rest of the the Philly. So you know a big issue around in handling dust is this management of change. So all three of these put together are critical issues, and they're all identified in the process safety management system in these 14 pillars. So moving on, the 11th pillar is incident investigation. You can probably imagine that my stance on this is that this is a good idea. You <laughs> should probably be in- investigating your near misses and your fires and your explosions that don't cause loss to try to avoid ones that are happening. And this is starting now to be talked about a lot more in terms of dust hazard analysis as well. Uh, but again, it's a you know an element that's already established within the the OSHA PSM framework. The next two they'll talk about are element 12 and 13, emergency planning and response, and then compliance audits. Maybe we'll talk about 12 first and then 13. So emergency planning and response is you know a critical one, and this this is because when you have a, a explosion, you're gonna sometimes not go to your emergency systems, could lose your power, could lose your sprinklers, could lose your stairwells, as in the case of Imperial Sugar. You know, you have fire raging everywhere, lights are out. Diddy and milling had the same issue where it's very hard to get around after the explosion. Uh, so having some sort of emergency response and planning is, you know, critical and thinking about what can the worst case scenario be and then what can we do to train our employees on, you know, life safety at that point if something like that happens. Number 13, compliance audits. You know, this comes right back to uh, DHAs again. Every... I think it's every five years through NFPA 652, you need to redo your dust hazard now. So you need to go through and do a re-compliance audit and make sure that, that makes sense, that the things that you put in place still make sense today. Um, this is where you may capture, you know, your, your management change and other issues. So these are elements that are already there um, and things that we're doing now, but we're sort of adding them in after the fact in combustible dust safety. And the 14th element is trade secrets. So this is retaining proprietary information for the company. And, you know, this one definitely makes sense for, commercial aspects of industries that we're working in and handling safety information. So that's it. Those are the 14 elements of the OSHA process safety management framework as part of OSHA standard 1910.119. So I'll summarize them again, employee involvement, process safety information, process hazard analysis, operating procedures, training, contractors, pre-startup safety review, mechanical integrity, hot work permits, management of change, incident investigation, emergency planning and response, compliance audits, and trade secrets. Almost every one of these are falling in the heart of what are causing large-scale fires, flash fires, and explosions and injuries handling combustible dust. So as I kind of mentioned at the outset, you know, if we ignore this from the very start, we start with having a hazard identification analysis and adding in these things as we go, or maybe we should take a look at you know what can we borrow from the literature that's already used here, and from the years and years of experience that have been used. I know we're not oil and gas. I know we're not chemical processing industries. Maybe our releases aren't as hazardous in terms of if you have a um, you know a heptane leak in a pipe and how fast that can can uh, ignite or how easily that can ignite but having you know, wood dust build up in a lumber mill for the period of 20 years and then igniting has shown to be just as deadly, have just the large consequences. And maybe we need to be thinking a bit more along these lines of what can we take from this historical information. So I mentioned this before, this is my opinion and thoughts. Uh, I'm not saying that we need to adopt the PSM framework from OSHA. I'm not saying that any one specific framework is better than another. I'm just saying that we need to not discount the historical information that we've been collecting about how technical process safety happens and maybe there's some things that we can learn because we're, we're unfortunately learning it the hard way. An incident happens and we evaluate and find that, oh, there's one of these um, elements that fall under the PSM framework uh, and we're adding to it and eventually we're going to get to the same answer. So maybe we should just start there in the first place. So again, this might be a bit of a, you know, a chargey topic or a sensitive topic um, just due to the history of the PSM standards and not wanting to, have the requirements that may be in other industries, but I think it's an important discussion to have. So I just want to put it out on the podcast. Um, As always, I say this uh, pretty frequently on the podcast, but I don't have all the answers, but I am willing to ask some of the questions. And the question I'll ask in this episode is, should we be looking at process safety management as a framework that may help us get industries handling combustible dust safer? So with that, I'll ask, you know, what do you think? What's your background and experience in process safety management and having that apply in combustible dust handling industries? have any thoughts, you can leave them um, on LinkedIn and tag at Chris Cloney or leave them in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 59 for this episode. And as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you have a safe and productive week ahead. I appreciate all the work that you're doing in industries around the world handling combustible dust every day.